Welcome back to another episode of Strikes Our Fancy with Craig, Rob, and Caleb, where we talk about whatever the hell we want and is striking our fancy that particular day. Uh, I already introduced you guys, but if you want to introduce stuff again, you're more than welcome to. <laughs> I'm Craig, and I'm taking a back seat today. I just get to watch. And I am Rob. I'm going last, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> What are we talking about, Caleb? Oh, uh, today we're talking about uh, reimagining old franchises into a modern context. My very fancy way of saying reboots or remakes. Yeah. I have strong feelings right out of the gate. And, Lay them on me. And, and this in, its, in and of itself isn't an original thought, but like... So I, this is a reboot of it, a thought. It, it just... <laughs> I, I don't think there are original ideas anymore. You know, just there's so much content being ground out and there's so many, so many things, so many stories being told. It's just all the same shit, just in different, told in a little different ways. Mm-hmm. Everything so, is just a rehash of the Iliad. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Homer, Homer did it all first. Yep. And I'm not saying that that's necessarily an excuse, but it's like, how do you come up with a new original idea when so much has been done before? I don't think you do come up with a new original no. idea. You just tweak the old formulas into something vaguely different. Yeah, I mean, the human experience hasn't changed for 10,000 years. What? <laughs> the human experience has not fundamentally <laughs> changed. You don't think the experience that we live today isn't fundamentally different than what it was 10,000 years ago? You live, you toil, you grow old, you die. It's all about survival. Yeah. Okay. Has that changed? How long? Are you immortal, Craig? I'm not immortal, but how long we have to toil has changed. I have far more access to pepper, but (laughs) I mean, I still got to eat. I I, I guess I kind of wanted to mention that broadly up front. That like, I just, on its face, I think it's really hard to come up with an original idea already. But I think the root of what we might want to dive into a little bit is just milking IPs for all their fucking worth. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I mean, Star Wars is definitely a prevalent example right now as we get the Mandalorian and all these offshoot movies like Solo and Rogue One and now the Book Book of Fett. I don't even, Book of Boba? I don't know what it's actually called. Isn't it just the Book of Boba Fett? Nobody cares enough. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, the idea, like, is, is is it just a cash grab for nostalgia? Is it actually a meaningful story? Is John Favreau, I can't say his last name ever. Bavro. Bavro. Is he spearheading that as well? I think he's in charge of like the whole Star Wars stuff. I'm not sure if he's like show running these particular shows. Though. Okay. Well, I want to, I want to press into that question. Is it just a cash grab? What media is not just a mm. cash grab? I mean, clearly some media has people working on it with more care, more love, but nobody's doing it out of the kindness of yeah, their heart. That's true. Yeah. Very, very few people are doing it because they want to tell yeah. a story. And those that are, are uh, web comic artists, yeah. fan fiction <laughs> authors. Someone needs to hear about my erotica. <laughs> as, as I think it's an interesting take. The idea that like everything has to be monetized to be made. Uh, first Are you saying my My Little Pony erotica will not be monetized? Is that just not possible? I mean, that's up to you. <laughs> if you want a bigger audience, then yeah, some, you, someone's got to write that check. All right, just put the link on the website to my... Yeah, we <laughs> just head over to Kalo's Patreon and <laughs> let's get that one funded. Only fans, come on. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead. 
the idea that to tell a story, even if it is something that like has a, a core premise you want to to get to your audience, or it's a story that's near and dear to your heart and you want to be told to reach a wider audience, it needs to make money. It you know, no one's gonna bankroll you out of the goodness of your heart, like you said. Uh so it's like how do you walk that line between trying to please lowest common denominator to hit the largest audience possible so you can generate more ad revenue versus telling a meaningful story. Says you can't do both. I'm not saying you can't, but it's going to be tough. You have to walk that line. Yeah. Otherwise you're making the emoji movie. <laughs> I've heard uh, good things about it. I haven't watched uh, it. Really? I've heard some good reviews. Okay. Otherwise you're making sing Two. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> To to the net point, the idea of rehashing these old ideas, it's like we're picking on Star Wars a lot. I'm trying to think of another example. But the, the story that's being told in the Book of Boba Fett is it a story that could have been told with a different character and it would essentially be the same thing. And are they just using Boba Fett to draw in a bigger audience for the money? Anybody been watching? No. That's why I think this is a bad example. <laughs> no, I haven't been watching it. I haven't either. Um well, okay, but we can kind of answer that question with the Mandalorian, which is not Boba Fett, right. but was very clearly <laughs> cashing in on the recognition of what a Mandalorian is. I had never heard of, I'm not too deep into the Star Wars stuff, but like I had gone into the Mandalorian strictly from the trailer thinking it was going to be like, this is like a dark take on Star Wars. And then, then it turned into like the Baby Yoda show almost. <laughs> instantly i just thought we were gonna get a darker exploration so like i lost my train of thought i don't know where i was going with <laughs> i think this. your darker exploration into the star wars universe was rogue one yeah where's more of that where your heroes aren't gonna survive and you know that going in yeah <laughs> it's a war story yeah mm-hmm. um these new iterations of these old ideas in these franchises i think are interesting and i would i would like to see more of that as opposed to more traditional Hero's Journey type arc from like the new sequel movies. Mm. I, I like your idea where you're going there, but also recall in, oh, about 2015, there was a very popular and very dark uh, television program. You might have heard of it, Game of Thrones. Yeah. Um, that colored a lot of other television at the time and not really for the best. Yeah. <laughs> People just being gritty for gritty's sake as opposed to... Yeah, so right. be careful what you ask for. <laughs> well, and that's, I think, to hone in on Game of Thrones, we're going to get another offshoot series um, about the Targaryens. And it's like, that is a different story in an established universe that maybe mm-hmm. some people do want to see, but they're not necessarily... Is it different than resurrecting a character that was presumed dead to make a whole new show? Well, okay, but to be fair, it had long been established that it takes a thousand years for the Sarlacc pit to digest anything. But that doesn't imply that that person's alive that whole time. Doesn't it? No, it like, just takes that long for like your remains to pass through, potentially. Then why even mention it? Like, yeah. if, it's not, if he's not alive to experience it. What's the you, point of saying I'm going to be digested for a thousand years if I'm not there to experience it? That's the, the horror. Oh, right? weird. I never thought about it like that. 
I just like it just it. doesn't matter. So why mention it? Yeah, <laughs> like oh, you're you're gonna be digested for a thousand years. You'll actually die in twenty <laughs> minutes. Exactly. But you'll still be there. <laughs> a horrifying twenty minutes. Right. <laughs> but twenty minutes. Huh. You'll be digested for a thousand years. But when you fall in, you're gonna break your neck and die. Instantly, <laughs> so don't worry about it. I never, I never thought about it. And I'm not saying what, I, like, what I thought made any sense or like why. Yeah, exactly. Why bring it up? Um, Craig has just been terrified of that thought for years. Digested for a thousand years. Well, clearly he hasn't been. Oh, yeah. No, <laughs> clearly he just thought that this was a creature with a very slow metabolism. Yeah, it, it was. That was my thought. I'm like, okay, that's cool. I guess. The Sarlacc is very backed up. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure there's a whole community just living in his belly. Now, okay. now that is a sequel I'd like to see. <laughs> like, what's Star-like going on City. down in there? <laughs> well, and to that point, it's like the Matrix problem. Like, wouldn't it take more energy to keep the food alive than it would take for it to just digest it? Okay, but here's the question. Maybe the Sarlacc... Well, this is getting way off topic. I know, but like, <laughs> but you, guys, the you Sarlacc... guys presented a concept to me that like, I'm like, wait, what? Maybe the Sarlacc can't actually digest food so stuff gets thrown in it and like you just have to live there and you digest the food for the sarlacc and your waste <laughs> is what the sarlacc actually eats. <laughs> how is he getting nutrients from this there's still nutrients left yeah, over i mean that's how plants work it's fertilizer why doesn't he just eat me Oh, that's that's what Rob's saying. Like the, that that might be the premise is like he can't. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, oh. like, it, like it doesn't eat you. You live in it, <laughs> yeah, and that's the thousand years. It's like okay. human centipede, okay. but there's there's only two people involved, and and the one in the back is a giant horrifying squid monster. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that's okay. I take it back. I do not want to watch that anymore. <laughs> I I cannot think anything about reboots now. All I can think about is the Sarlacc. <laughs> so we're going to redirect this episode to ne- Sarlacc 101. Yeah. Next up on the Sarlacc show. I have heard that like uh, the Boba Fett shows like six or seven episodes and episodes like uh, spoilers, I guess, whatever. But the Mandalorian shows up and he is the central character for two of those episodes with hmm. Boba Fett nary to be seen. And it's basically like set up plot for season three of the Mandalorian. That actually kind of is on brand for Boba Fett. Well, and I had, I had seen some memes about the book of Boba being Mandalorian 2.5. So that makes sense. Now that you said that I I hadn't, it hadn't been on my radar enough to dig into why. Well, I've even read that like Boba Fett's not even hardly fighting. Like it's just a drama show set in star Wars, which is interesting, but, People come to see Boba Fett do Boba Fett things. Mm-hmm. Given the day we're recording this and what's been happening in the news around this in particular, I feel like we need to address the shambling corpse zombified, zombified uh, series in the room that is Futurama. I was actually going to ask you, between the two of you, at what point do you think a show being resurrected <laughs> is a reboot? Like a, a reboot versus a continuation? Yeah, because I'll I'll make a demarcation. Doctor Who in 2009 was a reboot. Yes, it was a continuation of the story, but it, it was completely severed from the original. Hmm. 
But everything that happened in the old old Who isn't it canonical? It's and, all canon. Yeah, it well, still continues. Yeah. Well, right. And they do now. They but, I mean, like that, that is very clearly a reboot because it's there'd been nobody from the original. Uh, maybe some producers or something, but you know, really, it was a totally new show mm-hmm. just taking on that continuity. So I would say that's clearly a reboot. Mm-hmm. But in the case of Futurama, a lot of the original actors. Uh, allegedly some of the writers, the producers are coming back. Mm. Is that a reboot? Everyone but Joe DiMaggio. <laughs> and like season four. <laughs> John DiMaggio. Uh, was the show had been canceled and then brought back. Not a reboot because it wasn't canceled for very long. Right. right. <laughs> uh, after the movies, was that a reboot? Mm. I, in, in my opinion, a reboot is starting clean. Like you might have some some familiar pieces from the old show or context or, or whatever you're drawing from to, to to establish the universe, but in my mind, a reboot is we're throwing everything that happened previously out the window and we're starting over. Versus a, con- a direct continuation is exactly that. Like we're we're go. We're, it might have been a while. We might have been gone for a bit. We might retcon a few things, but technically, canonically, this is continuing from where we left off. That's my two cents. Caleb, I'm curious what you think. I was just going to say that, like, oh, if they've recasted the characters, that's a reboot. But you mentioned Doctor Who, and I'm like, they recast that character. <laughs> that's the whole <laughs> point. Yeah. So obviously this doesn't count as a reboot. Uh, I would uh, – are those – star the new Star Trek movies, are those reboots because they're just alternate universe things? You get actual fucking Spock back, like – would yeah? Would that count as a reboot? They're like, yeah, they've recasted everybody, but technically, you do get original Spock back. Mm-hmm. And and a lot of people were, you know, at the time, definitely considered it a reboot, especially leading up to it. But it is a, uh, in a roundabout sort of fashion, it is a, con- a continuation. It's like multiverse, yeah, which is interesting. Which we could we could dive into the Marvel multiverse kind of in that same vein, yeah. and I. I think it's all I, I, I want new heroes like I think I think they I think Marvel and like the superhero franchises are just a perfect example of like we're going to keep grinding out these same characters over and over again. And they're going to be a little different. And to be fair, sometimes those differences are very interesting and engaging and intriguing, but it's still I don't know. I think fundamentally the same character so like the new Doctor Strange trailer released for the Super Bowl and they you could you clearly see. America Chavez. She is a new, she's, I say newly within the past like 10, 12 years. She can transport herself, but she has the power to like stomp her foot and open this portal to other dimensions, okay. other universes. And she comes from a universe where there are no men. It's all just like lesbians, which I think is interesting. And then like, I do too. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know her lore too well, but like she is a pretty big character like she was in the young avengers for a while and now okay. she's slowly rising through the ranks uh, so they're introducing well, i want to press you on that huh have you watched the eternals yet no why didn't you say you want new heroes you're tired of the same old heroes yeah why don't why don't you go look at these I'm, c-listers over I'm, here i'm also just tired of marvel yeah. <laughs> it doesn't <laughs> feel like a marvel movie which which that in my book that's a point to its credit I'm also not interested in Angelina Jolie, honestly. She's all like, I think three of, have you seen it? 
I have not. Huh? Like three of the Eternals have like starring roles, and Angelina Jolie's character is not. One. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Like but everybody gets a moment because there's like nine characters, okay. but like for the most part, yeah. I think I'm just done with superheroes right now, honestly. Like after I, um, I don't know the fifth season of Walking Dead. I was done with zombies. Right. Uh, didn't want to watch any zombie movies. Still don't really anymore. <laughs> I used to love zombies, but yeah. that got old fast. Yeah. yeah. And and to Marvel's credit with the MCU, they are trying to make different genre movies in their superhero themes. You know, we got heist movies. We've got... Um, fuck. <laughs> well, the new Doctor Strange is technically going to be a horror movie. Yeah. Is what it's being billed as. Really? got Sam Raimi at the helm. Interesting. Fake Shemp. What? Fake Shemp. Fake Shemp? Yeah. He he always has a special thanks to the fake fake Shemps in his credits. Oh, I didn't know that. No idea. Shemp was one of one of the three stooges. Oh. Yeah, no, nothing. Yes, kill him. (laughs) You call yourselves a pop culture. No, uh, no, we're uncultured. <laughs> yeah, modern, not 30s. <laughs> Listen, pop culture started <laughs> with the Three Stooges. <laughs> it's interesting to me that you're saying that they're billing it as a horror movie. Because like, how can you have a horror movie when your main players are superheroes? Like, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I feel like a lot of the typical suspense and or horror that like the sense of being powerless is you can't have that in a superhero movie. Yeah. And I'm just very curious where that movie will go. Cause also a big part of it is fear of the unknown, but they're constantly introducing shit in those movies where we're like, wait, what the fuck's going on? But now the whole point of it now is that uh, the multiverse is an unknown yeah. and he is trying to figure it out. Yeah. It'll be interesting. I, yeah. Carrie is interested in going to see it. We'll see. I don't know. I don't. I don't have a. I still haven't seen the new Spider Man. I just. I am a little hesitant with it because I know that they fired the original director Scott Derrickson from the first movie because he wanted to go full horror. With oh him. yeah. And they were like, let's just bring it back a little hmm. bit, and there was some conflict of interest, so he left. Yeah, but he wanted to take it full tilt horror, and I thought that was which, interesting. Which, based on what I just said, I think I'd prefer that. Yeah, like, yeah, like show show me yeah. a horror movie with these characters in it, and like. That'd be great. Yeah. That'd be very fresh. What we're talking about? What's this What's this podcast about? <laughs> Reboots and remakes, this one. Sarlacc. Sarlacc. Oh, yeah. That's right. But yeah. So I, I personally, uh, I, 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 I want to see newer things. I want to see new characters. I, and I get that it's hard to create something completely new. It's way easier to rely on old tropes or established characters or established franchises to get audiences engaged. Uh, well, like and, and you've saying you like something new and I'm sure you want something new as well. Mm-hmm. Rob, no, I want the same stuff I've seen a thousand times before. Well, like how many to that point, like how many times have you rewatched your old shit over starting something new? Yeah. You know, constantly. It's yeah. a comfort thing. Like it's hard to start something new. And I mean, for me personally, I only watch like my comfort stuff when I'm not paying attention. Like if I want to sit down and watch something and like really like that has my entire focus, I'm not going to focus on what I've seen over and over again. But how often does that happen? Well, I mean, depends on what's on. Yeah. You know, it depends on, <laughs> on what, what uh, Carrie and I are interested in watching really. But you don't have like any old standbys that 
you go back to and actively watch? No. Not not like I sit down and like this is going to be the only thing I do for the next two hours is watch this thing that I've seen over and over again. No. I'm sure Star Trek for you, Doctor Who for me. Yeah. <laughs> I, you, I could I could watch some Doctor Who too. Yeah. But, but you guys like legitimately sit down and like that's the only thing you're doing. You're watching TV and you're watching something you've seen over and over again. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> really? Maybe I'm. I must be the weird one because, like, if I'm gonna watch, if I if I'm like, oh, I'm in the mood for watching this thing I've seen before, I'm gonna want to be doing something else at the same time. That's when you're writing your fan theories and <laughs> filling out the plot holes and in, in your slash fix and everything. Uh, apparently, I'm just not truly dedicated to anything. Yeah. Well, like, there's. Oh wait, wait a minute. Okay, we're discussing television here a lot, and television and movies. Yeah about dune how many Uh, times have you read that i've read like sat down with the book and read it probably like three times i really enjoy the audiobook which allows me to do other things yeah okay (laughs) like i listen to it while i do other shit carrie has said she's like how do you like what you're she has said you're weird to me because i always want to be doing two things at the same time, I always want to like have some an audiobook or on or have a show on while I'm like playing a game or doing chores around the house or something like that. Like I, I constantly have something going and, it, and it's always something I've seen before or heard before. If I'm if I am dedicating to something and that one thing, it has to be something new for me. Please don't leave me alone with my thoughts. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Not uh, for a moment. <laughs> but I was just going to say uh, to to mine and Rob's point, I guess. Uh Star Trek and Doctor Who have so much content that there are episodes that I just never rewatch of Doctor Who. And then I'm just like, I haven't seen this in like 10 years. I go back and watch it and it feels kind of new. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I notice new things. I'm sure you have the same thing with Star Trek. Right. And especially with movies and TV, there is, you know, there there are so many, there's so much to absorb in in watching it. You know, you're you're listening to the soundtrack. You're noticing things that the that the actors are doing. Mm-hmm. I, I I think there's in, in a good show. I think there's always something to see when you're watching it again. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, no, I not defending my stance. I I fully acknowledge like I do it weird. Greg, you're wrong. <laughs> in fact, sure. I have watched Hot Fuzz. <laughs> About a thousand times, and every <laughs> single time I notice something different. Yeah. A movie that is packed full of juicy goodness. <laughs> Just Hot Fuzz or like Shaun of the Dead, uh, At World's End? Um, so I haven't watched At World's End as much because I had trouble finding a physical copy of it or a streaming copy. Maybe that's different nowadays, but I do have it on Blu-ray now. I watched Shaun of the Dead a lot, but Hot Fuzz... I can like I can sit down and watch that and that be the only thing I do <laughs> just about any day of the week. I think I'll have to rewatch it because I haven't seen it in like 10 years. You definitely should. It is it is a gem. Uh, of those three movies, it's in my opinion far and away the best. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I didn't believe I didn't think that originally. No. I liked Shaun of the Dead a lot more than I liked Hot Fuzz on the first watch. Yeah. But over time, <laughs> I, I've grown to appreciate Hot Fuzz much more. To get back on a little track here, um, 
I think I talked with Craig and Carrie and uh, our friend Danny about this already, but so Netflix is coming out with Texas Chainsaw Massacre, right? Which is oh, a, it's a it obviously here's why I'm excited for it. So like it's bypassing all the other sequels, prequels, and all that other bullshit that's been released. It's it's kind of like Halloween 2018 was just a sequel to the first Halloween. That's what they're doing here. And they're bringing back Sally Hardesty, the final girl from the original movie, as one of the protagonists for this movie. Um, I love that they're bringing, like I, I mentioned again, I mentioned this to Craig already that like Terminator Dark Fate brought back grizzled Sarah Connor, and mm-hmm. Halloween did the same thing with uh, Laurie Strode, and they're doing the same thing now with Sally Hardesty that they they're not shying away from these grizzled old women coming back for the fight, and I think that's really interesting, and I'm super excited. I, and their I continuations did love. The, ter- the third proper Terminator sequel. <laughs> Dark Fate? Dark Fate, yes. Yeah, it's it got shit on for some reason, but like it's one of my favorite Terminator because, movies. I mean, it is kind of stupid. It but is. I, I mean, love it's a, it. It's a, it's a fun <laughs> like, movie. Though. Yeah, the, it first, is. the first Terminator was kind of stupid. Yeah. Like... It, it's a, it, it, was a, it was a campy premise yeah. in the day, and then they mm-hmm. turned it into this weird AI allegory and like things we should be scared of. But then I, I haven't seen the third one. Like they turned it back into kind of a little more camp. It's a strict action. So, so this isn't the third one. This is oh. like the fifth seventh oh. Terminator. Seventh? You said it's a serious action or it's a straight action. It's just a straight action yeah. movie. I mean. Okay. Uh, but I, I don't know. I think I think the premise of the first one was pretty goofy. Mm-hmm. Like it, it didn't take itself too seriously. Yeah, I yeah I agree with that. Yeah, it's, uh, I enjoyed that, and so then it turned into this whole other thing. I would posit that the second one is actually a genuinely good movie. Yeah, not like oh, it's good for a sci-fi movie. It's like it is just a genuinely good movie. Yeah, good action, yeah. good fun. Yeah, good special effects for the day. Yeah, we can hold Terminator up as an example for this. How long do you think a franchise can be milked? Before it needs a reboot, before you need to say like, all right, we're going to maybe reuse this established universe, but we just can't keep going with this story. So going back to Terminator for a moment, obviously, I think uh, Salvation was a reboot Mm -hmm. Uh, strictly because they're like, well, we focused on the before. Now let's focus on the war. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you focus on Christian Bale as John Connor during the war, plus a bunch of other characters. I thought it was interesting. I was like, I... If they were going to continue a narrative, I wish they would have continued that. But obviously yeah. that bombed. So they went to Genesis, which was just horrible. <laughs> and that bombed. So they, it, it's, it's reinventing itself constantly. And I think of those three reboots, uh, Salvation, Genesis, and Dark Fate, I think Dark Fate is more fun. But I would have rather have seen Salvation's continuation. Because it's, it has a more interesting premise. Yeah. But what I'm saying is that like they had to reinvent it three times and it's still not I mean, quite... I mean, really, they've been reinventing it since the beginning. Yeah. Because yeah. They, they keep saying, oh, Judgment Day is coming, and then they push it back, and <laughs> oh, well, the future is what you make it. <laughs> Which you could just end at two, and it would be fine. Yeah. Terminator gets to use the time travel element in terms of changing the future. They can indefinitely elongate their story. Like they can keep saying like, oh, well, then this happened and it changed and then this happened and it changed again and they can keep doing that. But I'm, I'm trying to think of a franchise where like, is there a point where it's like, okay, we've either run out, we're, we're past our original characters that we cared about and we've, we're past our secondary characters that we care about. 
we can't keep going on in this arc or in this instance because Power Rangers. Are Power Rangers continuous? I thought each season was its own thing. No, no, I thought that too. <laughs> but apparently, it is a continuity that is still going. Really, with a thread from Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Each one go like. Apparently, Power Rangers in space. That happened because Zordon was taken by aliens into space. Huh. Um, I think I heard that Lord Zed is coming back in like the current series. <laughs> I don't know. That is that is a series that every now and then I kind of flirt with. Like I kind of want to see what's going on. <laughs> is, is, that is not a series that I would ever consider. Like has legitimate lore. Like that is literally a monster of the week show. Right. <laughs> and yeah, that I, I felt that way for a long time. And then I talked to someone who has been watching it since the nineties. There's some, <laughs> there, there's an underground like fandom of like, Oh no, this is serious shit. Like, well, I mean, so each season uh, or not season, but like each series, it does throw away kind of everything that happened. Right. Like they, they went into space to get Zordon, but they never got him. So that, that kind of tells you what's going on. Like Mm. there's a handoff from one series to the next, but it almost never comes back. Right. Like there, there aren't any story arcs that are going to be readdressed. Right. I think that, I think that is coming around because I kind of think there's nobody watching Power Rangers anymore that (laughs) hasn't been watching it for decades just been the same hundred people rewatching yeah. this show. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I watched it as a kid on Saturdays because it was on, but like right. for maybe three years, and then I, and and, and yeah, during that time, there were three different sets of Power Rangers. I never thought they were tied together in any way. Oh yeah, because they they like give their powers or their Zords or I forget whatever it is. But the Zords it, come from di- like uh, oh, that's so like, weird. Like, to like me. they give they give the Mighty Morphin power to the next set of teens with attitude and the bugs me. Then they're never seen again, (laughs) but there is a continuous thread. But to answer your question, (laughs) I think you can milk it until either people get tired of it or all of the actors die. (laughs) 15 years since 2005 supernatural has been on. And is it still going? No, it oh, ended okay. 2020. But, but like still like beloved a desire. Yeah. Is there still a desire? I believe I, so. I was done with it after five seasons. Same. <laughs> I never really got into it, but I think there's still uh I think there are people that you could bring the series back and not even change anything, just bring it back with everything the same. Well, like and that's I think that's fandom and and to a T is like Bring me my stuff back. Don't change a thing. <laughs> um, I think Supernatural as a world would have a lot of great spinoffs. Like that world is so interesting. We don't. You don't need Sam and Dean. Uh, well, we 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 could use more than Sam and Dean. I feel like. Yeah. Um, you know, maybe they make some cameos, and if they were to do a spinoff, but it's the same as you. I assume, like, once they finish their main arc after season five, I was done. I was like, okay, we 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 did the thing. Time to go home, right? Yeah. And then, oh, wait, there's vampires or whatever it was. <laughs> I don't even remember. Wait, what? <laughs> well, 
I stopped watching roughly around the time that Castiel became God, and it, it's fairly ridiculous. Yeah. What about, about a continuous reboot? Um, we kind of talked about Power Rangers, but I'm thinking more like Season 9 Scrubs. I have seen it, but it's been a long time. Like, I don't remember what happened like between Season 8 and 9, or like happened at the end of Season 8 that like it was in peril. Everybody left the show. Oh, okay. Um, except Zach Braff, who stayed for six episodes. And there was a dramatic shift in tone. Um, and by dramatic, I mean it tried to become a drama. Okay. So, so you're saying the showrunners got approved for a ninth season and none of the actors wanted to be involved anymore. I, I don't know the or, reason oh, oh, okay. why they weren't there. Okay. I had read, maybe I had read, or maybe you had told me that like season nine of Scrubs, like the concept was supposed to be a different show, but they kind of shoehorned it. Uh, you must've read that. I don't. Yeah. I, all I know is I liked Scrubs and I did not like season nine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck. I'm going to try and bring in some old, old allegory. Uh, how many boards of a ship can you replace before it's Theseus? Yes. Thank you. The ship of Theseus. Yeah. How many, how many boards can you replace before it's not the same ship anymore? The same thing. Like how many, how many characters, how many actors can you replace? How many writers can you replace before it's not the same thing anymore? And I also think of community, uh, Dan Harmon being meta with Abed and saying like, it has to be, Unique and new, but the same and yeah. flawless and engaging, but not weird and not over the top, like all at the same time. And it's like, you know, who managed to actually do that? Star Trek. <laughs> we get it, Rob. We get it. <laughs> Star Trek. <laughs> Seriously, guys, watch Star Trek. <laughs> all, to its credit, Star Trek is a show that does a great job of saying like, yes, this is all the same universe, but we're jumping in time or we're jumping in literally in space, like in terms of distance, like to do a tell different stories in different parts of this universe. Well, I mean, but between like the first season of the next generation and the last season of Voyager, none of the actors are there. Very few of the writers are there. Mm. Gene Roddenberry is dead. There was a dramatic shift in the production crew. Um, but I forgot where I was going with that. <laughs> How many things can you change before it's it, not the same show? Yeah. yeah. So, uh, but I, I would think, you know, obviously, obviously the next generation and Voyager are different shows, but they very nicely coexist. And you know, they're, they're the same story, the same universe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, have, uh, I have hard, hardly any knowledge of Star Trek, but it they all seem like the same show. <laughs> like, from the outside oh, looking mm -hmm. in. It's people on a ship exploring. Exploring. Which isn't a bad thing. Like, I love it's, me some sci-fi, and I do want to explore that world at some point. It's the other piece of Homer's work. It's the Odyssey. Not this, they're not ripping off the Iliad. They're ripping off the Odyssey. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Uh, a friend of mine was telling me about, oh, you got to watch Next Generation or what? what which one was it? He mentioned the Dominion War. And he was like, that if you can get to time. that, he's like, it takes off and it's amazing. And I was like, I really want to get to that. But I think that's like three seasons into Deep Space Nine. Yeah, that's, that's pretty deep into the Next Generation era. Okay. yeah, It's a big ask of a, of a friend to be like, hey, 
watch these three seasons before it gets good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which, again, I hate when people do that. If you could stick it out for six episodes, I need to stick it out for two. <laughs> you ask too much, sir. I, I think Deep Space Nine is good from the beginning. It's a little bit weird, and it does get better. The Next Generation was saved because of syndication. Because you could just pick up an episode and you didn't have to watch it all. Mm. Yeah. Uh, because, yeah, the first two scenes of that are kind of garbage. <laughs> I want to, uh, with talking about reboots and stuff, uh, or continuations, I guess, do, uh, obviously, Lord of the Rings, The Rings of Power, mm. is a prequel show coming out. Mm-hmm. I know there's a lot of flack for... Uh, Elves of color, if it's you will. It's a dumbest show. <laughs> it's just dumb. Yeah, it's just pointless culture war bullcrap. It yeah. really is. Um, and I don't, I, I don't know if it goes against the lore or anything. I, sh- I should clarify. We should clarify. The idea that people are upset about that is dumb. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know for sure if it goes against the lore, but if it does. I don't give a shit what a guy thought in the eight in, the, <laughs> right? in 1918 about the skin tone of elves. Yeah. 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 That's not something that should be respected. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's, just, it's a fucking fantasy world. Like mm-hmm. who gives a fuck? I, well, racists, racists give a fuck. Yes. Apparently. Uh, it's, it's just so, such they are a, not welcome in middle earth. Yeah. <laughs> it goes against the lore though, guys. I don't, well, okay. if we're going to have racism in a fantasy world, it's between the actual races. Right, yeah. <laughs> Fuck elves yeah. of any color. Yeah. <laughs> Dwarves and hobbits forever. Yeah. All about the little folk. But uh, kind of what I was, I was wanting to bring that up, but also I was uh, going to bring up that uh, a lot of shows are going backwards. Let's show 200 years ago rather than go forward. You got... Game of Thrones with their prequel show you got. Yeah. Lord of the Rings rather showing mm-hmm. the second mm-hmm. age or something, I think it is. There's a there's a tendency to go backwards as opposed to forwards. And is I that, think that's a fear of uh maybe showing what happens after the main story ends. I think that's a great point. Uh I think it's from a from a writer's perspective, it's also a very safe route. It's like, hey, this is new, but also you've heard about it before. And we're just going to expand on it to give you more of what you already like um, versus write something completely new. Like you said, continuing from where we left off. Guys, I'm, I'm going to talk about Star Trek again. Sorry. <laughs> that is Ugh. that is like my biggest complaint with Star Trek is that after Voyager, there is nothing new. It all goes back in time and you are missing out on iconic villains well, I- iconic aliens, you mm. know, you can't have Ferengi, or if you do, like an Enterprise, it's disastrous and stupid. <laughs> you cannot have the Borg, or if you do, like an Enterprise, it's disastrous and stupid. <laughs> How did they bring the Borg in that early? That is. Uh... We'll we'll discuss that. <laughs> <laughs> well, and and. I, I, I'm going to throw out a strong word here. It's almost cowardly to keep going back to what's known, especially Absolutely. with something like Star Trek. It's like in its origin in, in Star Trek in the sixties, yeah, late sixties, yep. they were looking at what they thought 
humanity would be like in 200 years. It's like, well, we have progressed a lot in the last 40, 50 years. What we think humanity is going to look like in 200 years is vastly different. Right. And, and I think they're so unwilling to change what they've established and, Mm -hmm. and try and adapt the established lore of Star Trek into what may be the new vision of what we perceive the future will right. be. And, you know, kind of to wrap it all back up to Book of Boba Fett, Discovery was kind of resting on the laurels of, hey, this is Spock's sister that you never heard of. <laughs> um, hey, we've got a new series coming up that's going to be on the Enterprise under Captain Pike. Just that they're they're leveraging the star power and the name recognition yeah. to, to draw like, people in. Right, yeah. They're they're not even they're not even coming up with something new in that area. Like they are they are literally just saying, Oh yeah, here's some stuff that we threw against the wall that didn't stick. Let's pull it out. Mm. Yeah. Which again, sci fi worlds like that are so ripe for new stories and new ideas. Right. Mm-hmm. And new characters, especially like, why are we following Pike when we could follow a different starship? <laughs> but how interested would you guys be in new things for your franchises that you just love? God, I would love it. Yeah. Not, I mean, if not prequels. If they did it well. Um, again, Star Trek. Picard didn't do it well. It is, it is actually new after Voyager. They didn't write it well, and they didn't write it before they started filming. Um, something I've mentioned a little bit in the past, the Stormlight Archive, this really great series by Brandon Sanderson. He has what he calls his Cosmere, which all of his books, all of his series are tenuously tied together, but not so much in a way that he's bound by any particular rules. He's starting to get a little bit more to that because the more he writes, the more he does establish in that universe in the the grander story of that universe, but it still, it affords him the freedom. If he wants to write a completely different genre, he just goes to a different planet in his Cosmere and writes stories for that planet. And the magic of that universe is different on that planet. And the characters might be in a completely different setting because how that planet evolved. Uh, and, and I, I really find that fresh and it's, it's interesting that, if I, as a reader, want more of this universe, I have that opportunity that's available to me. I can go find a different genre in this universe and get more, but it's still going to be fundamentally different. If uh, everything is different, why why even provide the set dressing that it's the same universe? Because he's building to a bigger story. Uh, they like, always are. Yeah, exactly. There's there's a bigger thing going on that you get hints of here and there. And, and he, so, yes, eventually he will tie it all together. And he's kind of in the process of doing that um, and telling. I, I don't know if he'll actually explicitly tell that bigger story, but I, I think it's engaging. I think it's interesting to, to hear how this to, to see the aftermath of this bigger story in different places and how it affected those places. Oh, sorry, that was a long-winded no. answer to your no. to your question. That new things in established universes, I think, can be fundamentally different, but still in that established place. They don't need to necessarily include the characters that we've already come to yeah. know. Yeah, I think that's really what makes it. I mean, unless you are coming back 
30 years later. I think that's what makes it a reboot is you're getting something that's different, maybe in the same universe. Maybe they cross paths with the original cast or whoever, but it is a different story. Yeah. Or a retelling of the same story. So reboots aren't inherently bad as a lot of people seem to think. I, I don't think they, I don't think I'm never going to make that grand sweeping generalization. Uh, I, I think from an executive level, from a company level, they can be cash grabs. That's where, that's where it feels kind of gross sometimes, but sometimes they maybe are coming from good places where it's like, Hey, yeah, we want to bring this character back because they were so beloved and, and we have something new for them to do. Or sometimes a retelling of a story because it didn't get the love it deserved the yeah. first time. Buffy the Vampire Slayer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, specifically with Boba, though, I wonder if he was so beloved because like he showed up a couple times, he looked really cool, then he was gone. Like he didn't even do anything in the movies, did he? <laughs> like he was just standing there. He had a jetpack, man. It's awesome. So did the Rocketeer. <laughs> you got to watch the holiday special. <laughs> you can find it for me. <laughs> it explains all. So it, it's hit or miss. I think it's it's really with every every different story. Well, what about and obviously this is a we absolutely we know absolutely nothing. But thoughts on the possible new Firefly reboot? And are they going to completely recast like the main crew, or is it a different? There's ship? no news on it. There's no news. Oh, okay. Just Disney owns it. Yeah. They have not greenlit it. Disney owns it. If, if it's a different story in that universe, I'm all for it. If we get Absolutely. camp. Yeah. But if it's the same crew, I don't think they can capture that magic again. But I do think of anyone that could bring that series back, it actually is Disney. Because right, the if they were going to do it, they'd throw the money at yeah. it to do it. Probably look better than what they were given the first time around, too. Oh, yeah. I mean, the visuals would be amazing. Well, so that might be a problem. Because it's not, look at uh, the prequel, the Star Wars prequels, everything looked better, but that made the look worse. It didn't feel like a real place anymore. Yeah. Hmm. Was that also just the product of its time that we were kind of in the uncanny valley of CG as a whole? Well, I I think it was just that everything was clean. Yeah. Everybody always talks about Star Wars and the lived in universe. And that is really what gave it its verisimilitude. Uh, it's what? <laughs> Read a damn book. Uh, yeah. I guess, yeah. That's what... It's je ne sais quoi. That's what made it feel <laughs> real. Got it. <laughs> well, is there any closing thoughts on reboots? And reboots? I think we've... Well, we've been all over the place. We were all this over the map. This been a meandering episode. Yeah. This was a Star Trek episode. I think. No, it was the Sarlacc episode. It was the Sarlacc episode. <laughs> um, special guest appearance by Star Trek. <laughs> I my takeaway, much like our last episode, I'm gonna I'm gonna lean on intent. If the intent of a reboot is really that it's a cash grab and they're just doing it because it's a fan favorite character that they want to milk some more, obviously that's gonna be soulless and unenjoyable for pretty much everybody. But if someone genuinely has an interesting story that they think deserves to be told or something that we maybe got a glimpse of and they want to elaborate on that, I think it's worthwhile. And and we shouldn't be afraid of those kind of reboots. My final thought, 
and nobody can ask me any questions about this, all sequels are reboots. <laughs> I have so many. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I have obviously reboots uh, and remakes and all that stuff. Um, it can only, obviously, if it's written well, taken care of well, it, it comes off fine. So it's, it just kind of depends on who's who's heralding these things into the into Just the like world. any story. Just like any story. As long as somebody cares, it will be good. Really? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think there's an inherent fear of reboots from people who are like, oh, this is just a cash grab. Mm-hmm. This is just more of the same things. But I think if it's tweaked a little. Do what? Futurama. Futurama. <laughs> How I Met Your Father, which just released on oh Hulu. Oh, my God. Um, don't remind me. <laughs> That's a thing? Yeah. Yeah. It is tenuously related to How I Met Your Mother because one of the people stay in the apartment from How I Met Your Mother. Interesting. No, not at all. Well, that's, um, I, sorry, interesting that someone thought that that was a good interesting idea. Interesting in a human nature. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Because, I mean, I've gone back and rewatched that, and I don't feel like How I Met Your Mother st- holds up. Like, I don't think it's good TV anymore. There's a lot of problematic Oh, yeah. Things. Yeah. But so it's just, so I find it surprising that someone was like, yeah, let's do more of that. <laughs> Which it, it upgrades the concept to a modern day, but. Have you watched TV? <laughs> <laughs> that joke from a community where they're talking about, uh, they're talking to the school board members and they're watching the commercial that the dean made and they see Chang come on screen. He pops. <laughs> he pops. Can we have more of him? Like, that must have been an executive note or something at some point. And that makes me laugh every time. Is there time. more of the Chinese guy? He pops. Yeah. I thought it was a like a setup for later in the show when he becomes a movie star. It may have been. Yeah. Uh, but that does sound like an executive note to yeah. me. It, it yeah. makes me laugh. Um, but uh, shout out to Ryan for bringing the subject up for us. Yeah. Always appreciate more topics. Uh, you have a topic. Go to our website, ourfancy.site. <laughs> you didn't remember for a second, did you? <laughs> no, I couldn't. <laughs> <laughs> or email us at strikesourfancy at gmail.com. Well, as always, I'm still Rob. I'm Caleb. I'm Craig Shambling Corpse. <laughs> <laughs> and this is Strikes Our Fancy. Strikes Our Fancy.